Welcome to day 131 of Shaped by the Word. Uh, we're in our third season together, Story of the Prophets. Uh, we uh, finished up the book of Isaiah on Monday and then read uh, Zephaniah on Tuesday and uh, Wednesday. We finished the week uh, you know, with the book of Nahum. And uh, we've kind of described Nahum as the anti-Jonah. Uh, uh, Jonah reluctantly went to uh, you know, the city of Nineveh and uh, proclaimed God's coming judgment, and Nineveh was a perfect picture of repentance. As Matt reminded us, even the animals were dressed in sackcloth, the entire <laughs> nation, you know, brought to humble itself before the Lord, and of course received, uh, you know, God's mercy as a result. But uh, their turning to the Lord was short-lived. They returned to uh, their evil and vengeful ways, and, and of course they heard the nation that, you know, completely destroyed the northern tribes, the northern ten tribes. Uh, and uh, they would cause havoc and wreak havoc on uh, Judah and Jerusalem as well, although they would be stopped short, you know, of conquering, you know, Judah. Uh, and here, you know, Nahum is pronouncing, you know, final judgment on an instrument that God has used, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to judge his, his people. And so they're held accountable, even though that, you know, they are an instrument of God's judgment, part of his sovereign plan to, uh, you know, bring grace to his, his people. Uh, they'll be held accountable for their character before the Lord of how they have lived their lives. And so we finish up the third chapter of uh, Nahum, which is a continuing pronouncement of woe on uh, the city of Nineveh. And it ends in a note of judgment. Nahum chapter 3. I'm Paul, by the way, here with Matt and Cindy. A little shorthanded today, but uh, we'll try to do our best with what we have. So, Cindy, why don't you begin us with a word of prayer? Father, we just enter this time just understanding the weight of these words, the judgment that's been pronounced. Uh, Father, and yet we are a people who also stand in the incredible grace and mercy that you have given us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we hold all this um, in balance as we understand, Father, that this is your work that you're doing in our lives, Lord, and that we give you all the praise and glory for that. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And Nahum chapter 3. Wood of the city of blood, full of lies, full of plunder, never without victims, the crack of the whips, the clatter of the wheels, the galloping horses, and jolting chariots, charging cavalry, flashing swords, and glittering spears, many casualties, piles of dead, bodies without number, people stumbling over the corpses, all because of the wanton lust of a prostitute alluring the mistress of sorceries who enslaved nations by her prostitution and peoples with her witchcraft. I am against you, declares the Lord Almighty. I will lift up your skirts over your face. I will show the nations your nakedness and the kingdoms your shame. I'll pelt you with filth. I will treat you with contempt and make you a spectacle. All who see you will flee from you and say, Nineveh is in ruins. Who will mourn for her? Where can I find anyone to comfort you? Are you better than Thebes, situated on the Nile, with water all around her? The river was her defense, the waters her wall. Cushion Egypt were her boundless strength. Put in Libya were among her allies. Yet she was taken captive and went into exile. Her infants were dashed to pieces at every street corner. Lots were cast for her nobles, and all her great men were put in chains. You too will become drunk. You will go into hiding and seek refuge from the enemy. All your fortresses are like fig trees with their first ripe fruit. They are shaken, the figs fall into the mouth of the eater. Look at your troops, they are all weaklings. The gates of your land are wide open to your enemies. 
fires consume the bars of your gates, draw water for the seeds, strengthen your defenses, work the clay, tread the mortar, repair the brickwork. There the fire will consume you, the sword will cut you down, and they'll devour you like a swarm of locusts. Multiply like grasshoppers, multiply like locusts. You've increased the number of your merchants till they're more numerous than the stars in the sky, but the locusts, they strip the land, and they fly away. Your guards are like locusts. Your officials like swarms of locusts settle in the walls on a cold day. But when the sun appears, they fly away, and no one knows where. King of Assyria, your shepherds slumber, your nobles lie down to rest, your peoples are scattered on the mountains with no one to gather them. Nothing can heal you, your wound is fatal. All who hear the news about you clap their hands at your fall, for who has not felt your endless cruelty? Then you have uh, Nahum, in spite of his themes, it's wonderful poetry. You can feel the, uh, you can feel the pounding, the pulsing pursuit, you know, of God, you know, uh, enacting His judgment, you know, against the city, and of course the reason is the end, because everyone has felt uh, your cruelty. Uh, you have been merciless in the way that you have executed, you know, judgment on other nations, and God, uh, who has called you to repent and yet you refused, will be merciless, you know, in his judgment of you. So this is one of the most stark, uh, you know, we said, Nahum, you know, from beginning to end, the themes of the prophets are, you know, uh, you've been, uh, usually to Jerusalem, you've been unfaithfully, and to Judah and Israel, you've been unfaithful. Uh, Repent, you'll be judged. And then after judgment, you know, comes a time of restoration. There's judgment here uh, is, is the major theme. You see some of the hope and some of the restoration extended to Israel, but mostly you see God uh, enacting vengeance on the enemies of Israel, which are his enemies, and, and, and of course, the enemies of grace as well. Um, you're right, the poetry is just amazing, but it just comes to light just how really cruel this city and this nation was. I mean, just their cruelty. Um, yeah, the piles of dead bodies without number, and it's just... Uh, so stark, but yet God has seen that and then will administer his justice. You, you do have, yeah, you do have the sense of, you know, the same measure you've measured out to others will be measured to right. you. And of course, the cruelty, mm-hmm. you know, of Assyria is being measured, you know, back out to them, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in judgment. Yeah. You know, and we mentioned it yesterday, but you never want to hear that the Lord is against you. And he no. says it again, I am against you. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it. We, we hear this another time where the Lord says he has something against people and it comes in revelation against his churches where he says, I have these things against you or I have this against you. You know, and the call for the church is to hear what the Lord does have against his people, but but not to suffer, uh, you know, an eternal judgment, but instead to be a people who've repent and return to him. And, and it is when we, we see judgment, we always realize that, uh, you know, we, we see these awful images, and this is really what our sins have earned us, mm-hmm. you know, not to be friends of God, but to be enemies of God and to, you know, suffer his just punishment, you know, for our sin. And it is it is vast and it is graphic, you know, when you see it. Uh, but there is also, you know, the fact that even to this nation through Jonah, God made an appeal and called them into repentance. And of course, he's also made an appeal to us and has called us into repentance. And he makes an appeal to the church, you know, as well in Revelation, you know, to recognize that you've uh, left your first love, that you've become lukewarm rather, you know, than hot or cold, uh, that you've accepted the practices of the Nicolaitans and all of the other, you know, things you know, that for us 
So every you know every pronouncement of judgment in the Old Testament is a reminder that God uh, does have a a, a white hot you know hatred of sin, mm-hmm. but He also has a deep passion to call sinners into grace and receive receive mercy. Mm-hmm. And it's remarkable how the biblical writers continued to use these kind of themes or these even just trigger words that remind us of of something's gone wrong. You know, to you get to and you've mentioned this some um, in terms of just. Uh, this kind of thread that runs throughout scripture, but when God creates Adam and Eve, you know, one of the first things we hear about them is that they were naked and without shame. Mm-hmm. And yet here, you know, from the, after the fall, you know, the prophets are going to use it. I mean, we're going to see time and time again that nakedness gets associated with shame and the uh, prophets are picking this up saying, you know, I will show the nations your nakedness and the kingdoms your shame, you know, because man, your sin abounds. Yeah. And of course it always reminds us that, uh, you know, Christ died uh, as one who was, you know, stripped of his clothes and hung on a cross in shame. And he is the one who is, is you know, the, the whole idea of, you know, nakedness and shame, you know, carries itself throughout scripture. And, and finally, in nakedness, he, he bore our shame. Mm-hmm. And, and it reminds us, you know, that the cross is not simply a forgiveness of sin, but it's a lifting of the, the shame and, the, and uh, the, uh, all the ugliness, you know, that sin brings in our life and a restoration you know, of hope. So as we read judgment, it always should cause us to hope, yeah. even though uh, Nahum has been light on hope. There, it's, there. it's there. He's been light on hope. Uh, it, it causes us to turn in the great hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's been a fun week reading with you and, and studying with you. We'll continue you know, in the prophets. Uh, you know, next week, we've given you some psalms to read over the weekend just for a change of pace. Mm-hmm. And of course, we look forward to seeing you as we worship together uh, with God's people on, on Sunday. So, uh, Matt, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we we thank you that you bore our shame. That Jesus became one of us, took on human flesh, dwelt among us, and in bearing our shame, hanging naked on the cross. Now, Father, we are clothed in his righteousness and accepted by you. And, and what a gift. Uh, Father, would you... Um, help us to to not lose sight of that today, this this weekend. Uh, but Father, would we gather as your people, rejoicing in all that you've done, celebrating um, who you are and, and what you've done in Christ. And, and Father, would that be um, for your glory? Would that be for our joy? Would that be for the good of this city? Um, Father, we thank you for all that you've done, for all that you're doing, and ask you to continue to do so much more. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.